Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, and I hope the Loving That Sports Talk. Like I say every week, we have a great show. Uh, my guest that I have on today was... One of my guests is kind of weird when I first started out uh, about four or five years ago. A uh, real good gentleman played at the University of Wyoming. And um, she was with my first year having this show. He was one of my guests, great guests. Glad he's back on. Got to get a hold of him. So, you know, he's doing some great things out there with his daughter taking care of her. And, you know, so what I'd like him to do. So, uh, Wayman Livingston, is there, Wayman? I am here. What's going on, man? Appreciate you being back on, Wayne. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm definitely glad to be back. You know, like I said, you know, when I first started out, remember we were doing it down in Laramie. You were one of my guests. Remember that? I do remember that. I figured, you know, I was starting to wonder if I did okay because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't invited back on. So I said, well, maybe I didn't do as good as a job as I thought I did. But I'm kind of joking. But, no, I'm definitely glad to be back on, man. Well, I'm glad to have you. You know, you're always welcome. You can dive in and, you know, and like I said, sometimes when I can't do the show, you can do it for me. Hey, you know, that I'd love to do that. And, and and you'll definitely, you know, if you'll have me, I'll definitely be back on the show as often as I can. Well, Ray, I want to get, like, expertise of what you're good at talking about. I know you're good at sports, basketball. We're going to start off with basketball. But I thought this would be good. I know you play defense or back, right? I did. And I like to, there's a, there's a thing going around the NFL. Richard Sherman saying he's the best. Kermati, then you got Daryl Revis. Wait a minute, explain what's a, what's a good defensive back and who you think the best out of all of them. You know, and, and my brother played uh, defensive back for the New York Giants and Jaguars and some different people, so we're getting to the same type of arguments, you know, all the time. Is, is Richard Sherman the best? Uh, is is the guy down there in Arizona the best? Uh, is is it Revis? You know, I, I think it's it's really hard for me to you know say this person is actually the best because you know you take Sherman's position in Seattle, he's mainly playing a, a cover three position, meaning he only covers a third of the field, and he doesn't necessarily cover the best receiver that the other team has all the time. Now he does sometimes. And you have to give him credit. When he's in the spotlight, you put him in the Super Bowl, you put him in there versus Green Bay, you throw at him, that ball is his. I mean, you, he, he's as close as you can come in this day and age to a lockdown corner. If you throw at the Sherman side, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, I saw that game, he got by him. I mean, he's not invincible, but you throw at him more times than not. Ball, at least your receiver isn't. And so you make the argument then maybe the guy in Arizona is better, but, uh, you know, Richard Sherman kind of talked to him and said that between them, they'd given up eight touchdowns, and Richard Sherman had only given up two. So, I mean, it's it, it just really – and then Revis, obviously, you know, coming off a Super Bowl run, but he kind of got picked on a little bit in the Super Bowl too. Um, so it's kind of hard to say who's the best. They all play different schemes. Some people are playing cover two. Some people are playing cover three. Some people are playing man. And so unless you have them all out there on the same team, on the same field, I mean, I really think it's irrelevant. I think they all are great corners, and I think they all do different things um, well. Uh, but to say this is the actual number one DB, I, I can't really say who it is. You put them on yeah, different but, teams, I think that would be a good way, too. But, I mean, in, in today's NFL, you know, the NFL used to just be a league where, you you know, at one point you were playing zone, or at one point you were playing bump and run, and everybody was doing it. But now with everybody with different different, different coordinators, different systems, different way people play, it's hard to say, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you had a good point there. Because you look at Seattle, their whole defense are good. If you got a good defense of rushing and passing, he can't get the ball all right. And then you got a corner, you know what I'm saying? They said, well, he, 
you know, couldn't get the ball. So, but, but hell, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When you you know when you had Revis playing with the with the Jets, you know they had a strong defensive line. So, are you that great of a corner when you only have to cover two or three seconds, as opposed to you know maybe and, and I'm I'm forgetting his name right now, the, the guy down there in Arizona, but. Um, you know, his defensive line isn't as strong, so he's having to cover receivers, you know, five, six, seven, eight seconds sometimes. And, and Richard Sherman, you know, like you said, you've got a strong D-line, you've got strong linebackers, you've got everybody in the secondary going to the Pro Bowl, you know, so if you're not in position all the time, you've got people in safeties covering up for your mistakes, which allows you to gamble a little bit more. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's kind of hard to say. You know, when I played DB here at the University of Wyoming, I could tell from year to year. When we had a strong pass rush and I knew I only had to cover for a few seconds, I could cheat. You know, after two to three seconds, when, you know, the quarterback's running and scrambling, I'm already looking in the backfield where when our D-line at times wasn't as strong, um, I knew that I better not turn around at all. I had to cover receivers from the time the ball was snapped until, I, you know, I heard the whistle. So it definitely makes a difference who the other parts on your team are as well. Wait, when you think uh, I like Memphis because you was on defense. Normally, I don't get a defensive person on the show. Everybody else, but that's good. You're on defense because everybody can hear the other side of the ball, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Defensive back, is it an advantage or a disadvantage for them? Because you know how they change the rules. You can't touch the receiver. Um, blah, blah, blah. Is that a variance for the DB or to the receiver? Does that make it harder? For the DB to you know, because in today's day and age, with with all the money being thrown at, at all sports, but specifically football, you know they, they don't. You like a good defensive game. I mean, if it's your team, you don't want your team giving up points. But the, you know the NFL wants to see points on the board. The people that you glamorize, and you have your Richard Shermans, and you have your you know your Watts down in in Houston. But more often than not, it, it's a it's a passing league. It's an offensive league. You want to see your team score as many points as possible. And so they really made it tough on the DB. I mean, you can't touch a receiver after five yards. Um, you can't contact a receiver above a certain – I mean, even if you use your shoulder pad, I, I, I wouldn't have been able to play in today's day and age because, you know, I'm only 5'10". you got receivers that are 6'3", 6'4". If they're bending down to catch a ball and, and my shoulder hits them in the head, then that's a 15-yard penalty and I might get kicked out of the game. You know, just depending on where your body position is. And and I know also you're trying to make the game safer because of concussions and some different things, but it, that's one of the advantages we had, I had as a defensive back, and letting you know that if you stepped on different parts of the field, it was going to hurt. And now if I can't even touch you, I mean, it, it just makes it impossible, especially with these huge receivers now. I mean, pretty much basketball players running out there, if you know that you can go up and essentially get a rebound and nobody's going to touch you going across, you know, it, 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 there's not, that's why you've seen these, these huge receivers explode. When I was playing football, when you were playing football, people our height that were fast and quick and could get away from DBs and, and, and you know, you had to be quick and, and move and, and protect yourself. And now, you, you know, if you're big and fast um, and, and can go up and get it, that's kind of where the NFL is now with the Des Bryants and the Calvin Johnsons, um, and, and uh, Julio Jones, I mean, now if you're a receiver, you got to be 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, and like I said, I think it would have been very difficult. Not that I couldn't have done it, but it would have been very difficult for me to for me to play in today's, even college or definitely not past the college level. Wait a minute, Ken. Um, man, I love you being on here, boy. I got questions, and I'm going <laughs> to see where you go with this. Um, as, a, as a receiver, you know, I'm coming off the line. I'm reading where a DB line up on me, inside, outside, how many yards on me. That tells me if you're going to play man, bump around, cover three, you know that. Uh-huh. As a defensive back, how did that guy, I'm in mean, the Super Bowl, what, well, let me start here. As a defensive back, who do you read? Are you reading a quarterback or are you reading a receiver? Are you reading a quarterback drop or are you reading a receiver? Which one are you reading when you come up? So I'm, I'm reading. I'm reading so many different things, and and that's what you know. That's one of the things I wish I did better in college. You know, but being younger and, and not being as mature as, as I am now, I wish I would have studied film a lot more. You, and they asked that guy how he knew because he he was on a B line. He saw that in practice. He had practiced that so many times. And there were interceptions that I got in college where when I looked at the alignment. Um, 
you know, where the receiver was positioned or where the other receivers were positioned, um, it kind of gave me a clue as to what routes could be run. I mean, when, when you have receivers in certain positions, there's only, in that route tree, there are only so many different routes, especially as you get closer to the goal line and you're using the sideline and, and, and the back of the end zone as, you know, you can say extra, extra defender. You, you know that there's only so many things that uh, that can be done. So, you know, I was always looking in at the quarterback, and in my drop, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at his drop, I'm looking at the, the tackle to see if he's releasing or if he's staying in the pass protect because that's letting me know whether it's a if it's a pass or a run, and then obviously I'm paying attention uh, to that receiver as well, and I'm, I'm hopefully right there on his hip. Sometimes with the bigger guys, I try to stay off their hip because that's where they want you. You get on the bigger guy's hip, and he goes up for the ball, there's nothing I could do. At least if I had a little separation, once he went up, I could either try to come through his hands, you know, or or or, or do something else to try to get the ball loose or at least swat at the ball. Whereas, you know, um, if if we if I was right on him, you think you're playing excellent coverage. And we see, you know, when I played, you know, in, in, in college, uh, there was no back shoulder throw, you know, all these different things. You think you're having perfect coverage on this receiver, and if you're right up on him, Sometimes that's a disadvantage because the closer you are in today's NFL and today's college game, they're teaching you know receivers and quarterbacks to throw it once you are tied up on them. So sometimes being off a little bit, especially with those bigger receivers, was good for me. But yeah, but in the Super Bowl, that guy knew exactly what play was going to be run just because he had seen it um, so many different times, but you know, in so many different formations. So um, as a DB, though. It just has to be repetition. You have to see those things. You have to study those things. You have to know that when three receivers are to your side and you're that outside DB, you know, all the receiver can basically do is two routes um, as opposed to being that inside DB when there's three receivers. Well, you, he, has, he has the whole, whole field to, to maneuver and play with. So just, just by very position of where you are in the field, as a DB tells you a lot. And then as a DB, when I, when I work with some of these younger kids nowadays, what I try to tell them, is the one thing that I try to do at DB is make sure you went where I wanted you to go. If I have inside alignment um, on you as a receiver, then I'm not letting you get inside. I would turn my whole butt to the inside of the field to make sure that I couldn't turn and let you get inside me. So if you're going to beat me, at least I knew where you were going to beat me and what I had to do to get back over there. So a lot of times, you know, you get kids out there, even in college and in the NFL, I'm, I'm wondering what these guys are doing because you're letting the receiver run wherever they want to. You have to give up something, but at least know what you're going to give up. Well, we'll take a break. We'll come back on a break. We'll still, uh, I still want a little bit more about what you said. Um, this guy knew the route and studying and all like that. So this is James Love, my guest, Wayman, uh, 11th. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Dave Loving, your host Loving That Sports Talk. Back to the show. I'm just sitting here thinking it's just amazing now. When I first started the show and how Wayne and on there, you know, it takes five years to get them back. You know, that's my fault because <laughs> I should have followed up, you know, and, you know, and got them back on. But I got his number now, so you definitely y'all going to be hearing a lot of him now. So <laughs> <laughs> we oh, always yeah. go at it, talking sports when I see him and all that. So why can't we do it on the show and let everybody hear it, you know, right, oh, Wayne? Oh, yeah. I remember the one time we were about to, you were about to run around on the street. It was late at night. We were about to get into it right there on the street. So, yeah, uh, we probably, okay. we, we both are a few years past our prime, but I do remember that. We were walking. We said, well, you know, we, we might as well go ahead and see who would have done it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of the you know. You said this stuff about uh, watching films or reading that. Is that a really good thing? I mean, when you see film, you know that play because did that guy really watch the film and see that? Or like you say, there's only a certain amount of plays you can... First, would you have ran that play down now, Wayman? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're all... You know, I can remember being in a CSU game and there was an interception. Um, and, I mean, I had seen that... I had seen that every day in practice. And uh, it was... It was a formation that CSU would only run or there was a play that they'd only run out of this particular formation. And so as soon as we saw it, we knew. And, I mean, as soon I, – I mean, and you could, you could tell by that guy in the Super Bowl, that was a quick slant. There's no way a DB playing off is going to be able to make that interception unless he knew what was coming. The receiver was right there. That's right at the goal line. I mean, a quick pass. So the ball wasn't in the air. It wasn't a floated pass. I mean, that's thrown on a rope. And he was there to pick that off. He he knew. I mean, he he saw it. He knew, and he was he was way behind. I mean, it, he was behind some other DBs, and he broke right to where the ball was going. And so, there, fortunately, if you study, and, and that's the thing, I think you know some people have natural talent. I, I doubt Dion spent any time in a film room, but but it was a different NFL back then. I mean, you could go out. It was him. He was going to be on the best receiver. And he just ran with him all day long. But he had that type of speed and, you know, he had those type of instincts and what have you. I think, you know, Richard Sherman has those type of – but if you don't read and understand nowadays what's going on, where your health is, and, 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 and what these routes are, how you line up, you know, if you like to be jammed, if you can't get off press, it, you know, we'd watch film. And if you couldn't get off jam, I'd be in your chest the whole day long. I mean, we, we had different things where even if I'm supposed to play five yards off, I'm coming up to the line of scrimmage and making sure that you don't even get two, three feet, you know, from the line of scrimmage. I mean, there are plays I'm throwing people out of bounds. It, you just, it, it, it depends on the person. It depends on the team. I mean, it, it, it depends on a lot of things. But having that comfort of knowing where you line up, what you like to run, all those things go into it before we even step foot on the field. Hey, hey wait a minute. Is it fair to say even the best DB going to get touchdown scored on them? Is that fair to say? It is, it is fair to say, and it was something that I had uh, difficulty with. I, I remember a coach coming to me, and I was, you know, I threw my helmet and, and all these different things, and he said, you know what? He said, he's on scholarship just like you are. You can't, 
you can't win all the time. And I wasn't the tallest guy. I, I mean, I thought I was pretty fast out there. But yeah, you, you're going to beat, some, you know, sometimes if it's a good throw, good catch, um, you know, sometimes with alignment, it, 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 it is what it is. Uh, you know, I remember giving up one of a few touchdowns that I gave up my whole college career, and, and the guy was taller than me. The quarterback threw it to the outside. I reached right there in his arms, couldn't get to it, you know, tried to take it out as he was going to the ground, and he caught it. I mean, sometimes you just have to shake their hands and say congratulations. Now, if that's being done on a regular basis, you're not going to be out there for long. But, you know, you, you in today's day and age with these strong-arm receivers, with these 6'3", six, 6'4", six, or not strong-arm receivers, but strong-arm quarterbacks, tall, huge receivers going up for rebounds, you're going to give something up, but you have to know what you're giving up and where the weaknesses of your coverage are, where you have help. Like I said, all those different things. You can't just go out there and just do what you want to do, and sometimes people think that that's what DBs do. You're just out there, and it's just you on the receiver. No, you know where your safeties are playing. You know where the drops are. You know what coverage you're playing. You know you know if this is a fast guy or a possession guy. You know all those things, like I said, before the play even starts. And if you don't, then you're definitely not going to ever be – any good at being a DB. Well, Wayman, what would you say about this DB? All game long, the ball thrown him, he knocking it down, blah, blah, blah. Last play of the game, touchdown, win the game. You fought that DB or you just say, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it, 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 it's really hard to say. I mean, and you can have a great game, but that's the thing, too. Uh, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, all of those top of the line, you know, any sport. It's a, it's a performance-based sport. And in the NFL, unfortunately, you're only known, and my coach used to say this about DBs too, the only time I'm ever going to hear your name is if you gave up a touchdown or, you know, or if you made an interception. So nobody even knows what DBs do unless it's thrown at you. So you have to be, perform- you have to be able to perform once those lights are on, and you have to be able to accept that and, and, and be up for that challenge. I mean, all the other plays in the game, you know, I would get my name called sometimes eight, nine times a game, or at least not my name called, but at least be actually in the play. But that's one of that's the greatest thing about football, and that's what no other sport can compare it to, is that you never know when it's going to be your time, especially on defense. On offense, it's a little different, um, a little different. As a receiver, you're in the play. You don't know if the ball's coming to you or not. You know if you're not the primary receiver it's supposed to come to someone else, but it may be coming to you. As a DB, I lined up every single time not knowing if it was a pass, if it was a run, if it was a pass, if it was coming to my side. I mean, there are so many emotions, so many nerves, but when the spotlight is on, you got to be ready to perform. And that's to, I love that challenge as a defensive back. You never knew when it was going to be your turn, but you had to always be ready. And I don't think there's a greater position in all the sports. Where you don't, you know, in baseball, you play right field, you know, the ball's only going to come to you so many times. It's going to come to the shortstop, pitcher, whoever else. But as a DB, you never knew when it was coming. All right, I'm going to throw this at you, Wayne. I'm about ready to test you now. Dallas playing Detroit in the playoff. Was that a call that they should have kept or took away and was it a, a pass up there? Oh, it, it was definitely a. Uh, it was, you, you're talking about that interference call? Yeah, the interference call. Oh, yeah. I mean, pick it's, definitely, it's definitely interference. And, and see, that's the thing. I know, you know, just like I said, with, with, with DBs, you're never going to be 100%. I know these referees aren't ever 100%, but you, you have to have some consistency with, with how you're making these calls because then it seems like favoritism and the same teams keep getting the calls over and over and over and over again. You got Des Bryant, you know, who who – I saw that play live. I've seen the replays, and there's nothing that anyone can tell me that he didn't make that catch. Um, you know, so you, you have to just be consistent, especially when the lights are on and you got millions of people watching because then that's where you get these conspiracy theorists and people saying that, you know, the, the, the Patriots and all these other teams are destined to win before things even happen because you get plays like that when there's obviously interference on the call. And, and we're wondering why there's no flag, and, and then you get these crazy explanations. When you, you know, you played the game, I played the game. You don't have to really tell me what's what's interference. I know they've changed the definition um, over time, but that was definitely interference. Well, we got to take another break. We'll come back from the break. 
I'm going to test your skills, you know, talk to you about when you played and what did you didn't agree with and what did you agree with, with the call. So this is James Miller, my guest, Wayman. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk right there. Back with my guest, Wayman. Wayman, we're still doing it, aren't we? We, we? We're trying to do it, man. I mean, in my mind, I think I can still do it. <laughs> well, Wayman, you said something real... I'll be hurt. You said something real interesting. I want to talk a little bit more, but, you know, I know when I played, you know, I always went up to that line thinking, there's no DB that covers me. Never. No DB can cover me at all. One, I'm going to beat them on the route. Two, I'm going to always catch the ball. You know, and then when I didn't, you know, do that, I felt disappointed in myself. How do you feel when a receiver beats you? Because I know you said, hey, you know, you pissed that, you know, when they scored that touchdown, the coach told you, you know, scholarship too. But in your mind, you think you're the best, right? And you're better than that receiver. And that receiver, you know, how do, how do you get over that way and, and pick yourself up and line up again? It, it it just comes with that that repetition because when I when I first got out there at DB, you know, I think that hurt me is is because you you're trying to make sure that they never catch the ball, they never touch the ball, nothing ever is on your side. I mean that's the type of DB I was, and, and I still had that mentality to the last game that I played. Um, I, I didn't want anyone to ever say that they. They caught a pass on me, definitely not a touchdown pass, but I didn't want, you know, when I looked at my statistics at the end of the game, I don't want any receivers catching any passes, you know, nothing on me. But at the same time, as you mature and as you understand what you're doing, you know, and in talking to my coaches, in certain coverages, they're beatable. If if they have the right play call, if, if they run the right route and, and whatnot, that's what we're giving up. And so I had to learn to understand that this is what you're giving up. You know, if we're playing cover three and I'm only, and my responsibility is to make sure that in my third, I'm covering the person that's deepest in my third and they throw a screen and there's no one over there in the third that I'm covering, well, that screen's going to go for 20 or 30 yards um, because I'm the only DB over there. Or if they run a route combination where they run a post corner and I see that post corner coming with the tight end behind the receiver that I'm coming, well, I have to let my receiver go 
and make sure that that tight end trying to sneak behind me doesn't get a deeper route. So, I mean, there were so many different aspects to it. And, and once you mature and understand everything that's going on in that field, and a lot of times the average fan, if, they, if they've not, you know, laced up those shoes, don't understand. I remember having to teach my mom. I remember having to just teach the, the regular sports fan, you know, in sports bars. Oh, that DV sucks. He gave, I said, you got to know the coverage. Like until I, you know, and I analyze until I know what the coverage is, until I know what that DV was supposed to be doing, as opposed to what wound up happening. I'm not re- ready to throw people under the bus or say that people just genuinely or routinely suck. I mean, you have to know what you're giving up and, and what the coverage exposes. You don't give up some stuff. And as hard as that is for someone like me to understand, you're going to give up some stuff. Unless you're playing man every single play, and that's the thing. You know, when I first moved to DB from receiver, uh, I didn't really know the coverages very well, so they just let me play man. So then I had no excuse. I mean, I, my job was to make sure that you didn't catch the ball. There's no excuse in man. I mean, you, I got you. And it's a one-on-one thing. But if it's not man and you're playing these different coverages and they have all these disguises and elaborate coverages and coverage zero and all these different things that are going on now, I mean, you have to know the coverage before you can actually be critical of these DBs a lot of times, like these uh, like these announcers and fans and, 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 and people tend to make now. So, uh, But, no, I, I never – and, and let me be honest, even knowing the coverage and knowing that I was supposed to give up stuff – I still didn't want to give up anything, you know. Uh, I, I went to the line, and, and I let a receiver know every single play that, you know, there was nothing coming for you on this side. So, and I would have said the same thing to you, and you would have said what you said back, and we would have went at it every single play that we were on the field. But that's, to me, that's football. I mean, and, and that's what yeah. I said about loving, loving D, playing DB, because every single play, you you don't know when it's, it's your time. You know what's coming. You just don't know when it's coming. Well, we didn't talk about that late, but I just want to let you know <laughs> I would pull your ass up. You would have, you couldn't handle me, buddy. <laughs> See, and that's 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 what got our argument started that night. Like, we we both said like, hey, you know, we had to put we, on the air. You know what I'm saying, we, baby? We, we, we didn't we didn't have on the right shoes. We didn't have on the right clothes. But just that mentality takes over, and none of the rest of that stuff matters. I mean, you get out there, it's me and you, and we're gonna see, you know, who's who's gonna be victorious at the end of this play. But like I said, I think that's why football continues to be the dominant sport in this country is because uh, it, you, you never know what can happen. You never know when it's your turn. And just that excitement and, and unknown factor uh, just makes makes everything. You never know what's going to happen on a given play. Yeah, I mean, look at that Super Bowl. I almost fell off the world with that that play, you know. You know, I'm right. going to use my daughter from here on out to tell me who's going to win the Super Bowls because I wanted Seattle to win, and they had gotten down there to the four or five yard line, and she she said, "Daddy, why are you jumping?" And I said, "Well, you know, I said my my team's about to score," and uh, she said, "Oh, they're not going to score, Dad." And I'm looking at her crazy, and she's five years old, so she doesn't know what she's talking about, and that's right before they threw that pick because me, like everyone else knew that they were going to run the ball in. We, we knew they were going to run the ball in. And uh, when they didn't and they threw that pick, you know, like you said, I'm just standing there with my, my, my jaws, you know, down to the floor. And I'm looking at her like, how did you know that? And she just, so from here on out, I'm going to check with her to find out, you know, where I need to put my money on the Super Bowl before it starts or at least when it ends. Let's talk somebody under the bus, Wayman. Who are you blaming for that call, the coach? This is what I honestly think, and there's no other. I, I can't think any other way than this. Uh, they knew Marshawn Lynch didn't like the media. You know, he's not going to give the best interview. He's not going to say much. And up to that point, he would have been your MVP of that Super Bowl had he scored one more time. So I think in trying to protect his player, he wanted to give somebody, he wanted to make Russell Wilson the MVP. You throw another touchdown, he obviously is going to be the MVP. And that way, Marshawn Lynch doesn't have to get up on the podium and embarrass probably Pete Carroll, the organization, the NFL, whatever. And so in his own way, I think he was trying to protect his player. And he made the worst call and decision of his life. I think sometimes you overthink it. I mean, he almost scored the, the, the player two before, 
the, the Patriots, right. if you look at their formation, they were willing to give up the touchdown just because they were about 40 seconds left on the clock. They were going to try to come down and maybe score, like when Green Bay um, let uh, Denver score a, a long time ago when, when, uh, when Farr was playing uh, and, and Elway got his, I don't know if it was his first or second Super Bowl, but they, they let Denver score so that they had a few seconds left on the clock. And it looked like, and, and some of the Patriots said, that they were willing to just give up the touchdown. So had they run Marshawn Lynch again, he was going to fall in four or five yards, and, and you probably have the Seattle back-to-back champions, and then you make a decision like that. So it definitely, it has to fall on Pete Carroll. I mean, and, and in, that, in that case, whatever is done is on you, and he has to accept all the responsibility and honors for that. You have the old coordinator saying the receiver didn't fight hard enough to get, are you crazy? The receiver put his hands up, thought the ball was in his hands, and the DB read the route. You don't do something like that from that half-yard line when the Super Bowl is on the line. Oh, I didn't like that at all. But when you're in that situation, you can't overthink, you know? I mean, that's what the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. You, got, yeah, you got people overthinking. You, you're already projecting the who, you know, who you want to be the MVP and all these things. You know what? Deal with that when it comes. Get the touchdown first. But you want, you're trying to be cute and do all this other stuff, and then it backfires. And, and you know, it's, it's hard to do that. You only have a small window. You know in sports, I mean, you guys were good, and, and, and we were good for a couple of those years, but uh, it doesn't stay consistent. The teams that are at the, the top, you know, Seattle came out of nowhere a couple of years ago, and so they're riding it now, but you're going to lose players to free agency. They already lost Browner to the New England Patriots last year and beat them. Um, you're constantly losing players every year off your team, you only have a three- or four-year window. It's not like the old days where the 49ers dominated the 80s and then the Redskins and Giants and Cowboys. You don't, you don't have that now. You have teams switching every year, and so when you have an opportunity to take advantage of something that you may never do again, put all the rest of that nonsense out the way. you got to take advantage of what you have right now instead of trying to project forward and, and all this other stuff. So you never know when it's going to come back around, man, and, and, and you never know if Seattle... Seattle still has a whole bunch of pieces, but they might not be right. You know, it, I mean, they, they conceivably should have lost to the Packers. Yeah. And we would, we would, right. So that's what I'm saying. It's so hard. It's such a fine razor's edge to keep getting back year after year after year, and nothing is guaranteed. Um, you know, the Broncos, the year before, went to the Super Bowl. This time they couldn't even get out of the second round versus the Colts. And you, you figure this is probably – Peyton Manning's last stand, he's on his last leg, um, the window closes. And for a lot of teams, you know, they know the window's not even open yet. So you, you cannot make those type of decisions and, like, those type of mistakes when, when you have the opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Yes, you're right about that because you might not be able to get back. Injury can pop up during the season, or, you know. So I totally agree with they should have won. Ran, 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 the, ran, the, um, ran him two times. He would have got in. Yep. We'll see what gets your defense. So, but if you lose, yeah, exactly. If you lose, you, nobody has a problem with you losing like that. You know what? If Marshawn Lynch can't get in from the half yard line, then then are people going to look back at Pete Curl and say, "Well, why did you run it?" Why? No, nobody's going to say you should have you should have thrown it for the half yard line when you've got conceivably the best short yardage back in the NFL uh, trying to run it in. That's what he's there for. That's what your team is built for. Um, but you'll get crit- I mean, the day Pete Carroll dies, somebody's going to ask him that question. I, I guarantee yeah. you, uh, he's going to deal with that for the the rest of his life. And 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 some of the players that are no longer on the Seahawks, who may never win a Super Bowl, are going to think about those things the rest of their life too. I mean, like I said, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity for some people. And for some people, ask Dan Marino, who never won a Super Bowl. You know what he would? Would he have wanted to throw a pass in that situation? He would have gladly handed that ball off to get one Super Bowl. One. So we're gonna take one more break. After the break, we'll come back. Uh, we're gonna talk. We're gonna get a little basketball here. We'll okay. see what you think oh, about yeah. a school warrior, you know. But oh, we'll be man. right back. <laughs> Oh, 
alternate flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving Oh, Loving That Sports Talk, like I say. Wait a minute, it's a pleasure you being on the show again. Really, it really is, man. Thanks, man. Oh, I, I enjoy being here. So, like I said, make sure, you know, you have me on as often as possible. Shoot me a text, whatnot. I'm I'm here whenever you need me. I love doing this. Uh, well, wait a minute, I'll let me, but I want to get a few things out before we, uh, you know, end the show. But uh, one, if you had to pick AFC, NFC, who do you think I go to both? Right now in the AFC, I'm going with the Steelers. I think oh. the Steelers. I'm thinking that the Steelers defense can give them anything this year. You got Le'Veon Bell coming back. You got the best receiver in my opinion, and Antonio Brown coming back for the Steelers. I mean, you look at you, you talk about the type of receiver you were, where not only does he have great hands catching everything, but you know, this man is, is, is separating, making DVs look silly. And, you know, the Steelers had a bunch of young receivers who, they, who have another year in that system. You arguably have one of the best backs in the uh, NFL. You've got Ben Roethlisberger. You've got a coordinator he's comfortable with. Um, and they won the division. You know, don't, don't, they, they won that division last year. I think they only get better. I think some of that young defense gets better. Um, the Patriots are still the Patriots, so they're going to be tough to beat. And, and and then you've got the Colts, but the Colts probably still, you know, they're probably another piece or two away from getting to where they need to be. So my early prediction just on paper, I, I'm, I'm going with the Steelers, but that's also because I do not like the coaches. I've always liked the Steelers, even though that's not my team. And in the NFC, you know, I think the NFC is wide open. I, I think, obviously, it's hard to pick against Seattle, um, but you imagine if, um, the quarterback of the Cardinals last year didn't get hurt. They were running away with that division um, and, until Carson Palmer got hurt late. So that's always a tough division with Seattle there, with Arizona there. I think teams like New Orleans have taken a step back. you still got the Packers. you got Romo coming back, and obviously Des Bryant is going to have a lot to do with how well the Cowboys perform. So, you know, if I had to guess, I think it's going to come down to what it did last year, which is going to be – Green Bay, 
and Seattle, and whoever can emerge from that is going to wind up representing the NFC. And I think in the AFC, where I don't think there are as many strong teams, I'm going with the Steelers. You know what? I got. I was going to not comment, but I have to comment. You kind of, I, 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 you say the Steelers. I'm like, what are you thinking about? But you got to remember, Steelers right there for their running back got hurt. Remember that? And what's that? Oh yeah, yeah. He's back now, and he's he's on a suspension because uh, he got. You remember he they were on the airport. They were going on their way to the airport with uh, the running back. They wound up going to uh, the Patriots, and they've got busted for marijuana. So he has to sit right. out, I think, a game or so. But he's he's recouped from his injury, ready to go. You know, like I said, you got to put him in the top. And it, that guy too. I mean, I'm sure you've seen him run. I mean, he's fast. He runs with power, but he also has those moves in the open field. You know, which I running backs nowadays to me don't really have it all like they used to. When you played running back, when we played, I mean, you you had to run a guy over, but you also had to make a guy miss. And if you got into the open field and somebody caught you from behind, you were going to hear it. Like, you had to have it all to play running back. Unless, you know, you're just a specialty type back that just came in on third and one and got those yards. But I think Le'Veon Bell is a complete back as you have in this entire league. You mix that in with Ben Roethlisberger chucking the ball all over the field like they did last year. I mean, they put up points on the page. I mean, they, they beat some teams down. The, the only drawback I see from those Steelers is they have an old defense. Obviously, they lost Palomalu. Um, Ike Taylor and some of these other cats are getting old back there. So I think if the defense can play halfway decent, because they gave up a lot of points last year, if that defense can play halfway decent, you know, I, I think they're going to be a team that's tough to beat come playoff time and, and come Super Bowl time. But then again, you know, the Broncos are probably going to run away with that division again, because I think for this year, I think the AFC West is getting stronger with Kansas City, the Raiders are still young. San Diego is still fairly young. I think those teams will be competitive. I don't think they're ready to challenge the Broncos yet, but I don't think the Broncos, if anybody looks at it honestly, can handle the team. They can't handle They couldn't even handle the, the Colts last year, but they definitely can't handle the Patriots, and that's why I think somebody's going to come out of that uh, NFC or AFC North this year. I want to most questions I go football, but where they'll find. I want to talk to you about basketball. Man, I'm tired of your buddies. My buddy school calling about the Warriors. How did the Warriors do it? You think how did they win it, Arnold Wayman? What you know, you the Warriors, Warriors is a combination of of, of just but a lot of times things are are just the right time, uh, and I think the timing was right for a team like the Warriors. Uh, I also think that the Warriors epitomize team, and a lot of times. You know, it was it was funny, and then the Warriors kind of took some jabs at LeBron James when he said he was the best player in the world, and he's right. He's absolutely head and shoulders above everybody else in the NBA. But the Warriors were the best team, and the Warriors sacrificed egos. You didn't see, you know, the Warriors got points in the first game from Klay Thompson. Stephen Curry was often in the drought for the first couple of games. People are talking about Deladova shut him down. They can still win the game when Curry's off. They can sacrifice Andre Iguodala not even have him score or do anything, even though he did, and put him strictly on the court for defense. Um, you've got people like Draymond Green, who was kind of in a slump for the – but as soon as they got contributions from Draymond Green or Livingston or, um, you know, David Lee, there were so many different interchangeable parts and pieces because the Warriors are an actual team. Um, and, and the in the age and era of superstars and – people that we can identify with as running particular teams. The Warriors were actually a real team, and they used that team concept to, to win the championship, which, which I think is great. Now, because of our buddy school, I definitely didn't want them to win, but I have no problem with the team in today's day and age having humble players and superstars that came together, you know, for the common good. And, you know, you know playing for Wyoming, we didn't have the biggest – and the fastest and the best players. We played against teams from California and down there in Colorado, but we beat them, and we were able to consistently beat them. I mean, I like to tell people that the last uh, game Marshall Falk ever played in, he, it was against Wyoming, my team, on their home field, and they walked off the field losers. Now, how, how can a team from Wyoming, you know, with, with very few people with NFL potential, beat the San Diego State? Huh? Wait. I want to cut you off. 
Don't okay. talk about that, because I want to do another show with you talking about that. That okay. is so okay. perfect you brought that I, I, I'm up. Just, I'm just saying, I want it, was, it, was, it was just a team. It was a team. And, and the team, getting back to the Warriors, it was just a team, and it's a team concept. And it, it's kind of refreshing in today's day and age to see a team come together to win. And, I, and that's how the Warriors won. But, you know, they got, the, they got all these free agents switching right now. Nobody from the Warriors is even considering <clears throat> leaving. They love it. They love each other. They play for each other. They play for their team. You know, you have a whole bunch of other people jumping ship. LaMarcus Aldridge is probably going to wind up with the Spurs. You know, at least Kevin Love is going back to Cleveland. But you have a lot of superstars. Um, DeAndre Jordan leaving the Clippers and probably going to Dallas. Uh, you have all these people every year switching, 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 switching. The Warriors have kept their core. Um, they fought, you know, you remember last year when they were going to try to trade Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. And, and yeah. they said no. They shot it down. They kept their team together. They like each other. They play for each other. And that's why they're going to be tough to deal with for a few years to come. They're not the best. They don't have the best talent. You know, Curry's not going to out-jump anybody, but he, you know, he, he, he plays on the team. Curry doesn't average 30 points a game. He averages 22, 23, 24 points a game. Uh, Clay Thompson plays his role. Draymond Green plays his role. Everybody plays their role. Um, but but they do have to lose next year, so I don't have to keep hearing school's mouth. Exactly. Well, we got to end the show, but I want to thank you again, Wayman. And, um, man, I got to talk to you because I want to do a show where, like you say, well, I mean, they have five-star players with us, and we all win it. But we'll talk about that, but... Hey, Wayne, man, appreciate it, man. Thanks again. Oh, no problem. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, like I said, get a hold of me anytime. I'd love to be back. Okay, and I'll see you after next week, right? Yeah. Okay, you will. All right, All right take love. care. I'm gone. going to do it for this week's edition of loving that sports talk but don't worry james loving will be back next week wednesday at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on the voice america sports channel get ready to love more sports talk then and keep in touch with james all week at loving that sports talk at yahoo.com